welcome, welcome, welcome. You're listening to the Back Ups Baseball Show. I am your host, Blaine Keller, sports editor for the All-State Austin P. State University, student-run newspaper, freelance writer for Main Street Media, and now voice of the best Austin P. Baseball podcast in the country. To lay out today's show, we've got a preview of the season of the first series for Austin P. Baseball for the Bad Govs. Austin P. begins their season with a series at home against Eastern Michigan. First game was supposed to be Friday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, but due to seasonably cold temperatures via Cody Bush, first game has been delayed to Saturday. We'll play a doubleheader. First one starting at noon. Second game, obviously, to follow. And the third game will be played Sunday at 1 p.m. The Eagles of Eastern Michigan finished a rough 2019 campaign, finishing their season 11-43-1. They're projected to finish eighth in the Mid-American Conference. As for the Gubs, Travis Jansen ended out his fourth season at Raymond Seahold Field with a record of 32-25, going 19-11 in the Ohio Valley. The season ended abruptly in the conference tournament last year, the Gubs losing an elimination game to Moorhead State, the final score of that game, 9-4. The Bad Gubs are best described this year as a new team, not a young one, but a new one. Inexperienced would be a great word for this. Despite having 18 upperclassmen on the roster, a nice 50-50 split between upper and underclassmen, eight of the team's 10 juniors are in their first year playing at APSU by way of the junior college transfer. The Govs are without five of their seven top innings eaters from a season ago. Jacques Pouchou, the most notable of that quintet, being drafted by the Cincinnati Reds last year in the MLB amateur draft. The aforementioned seven combined for over 200 innings pitched last year. So a lot of ground to cover for the governors this year under Jansen. A lot of these pitchers again coming from junior college. So definitely a bit of a learning curve to start the season, one may say. But as the season rolls on and conference play begins, Jansen and the governors are hoping that these players will kick it into gear and get it worked out, get it, get the kinks working, if you will, so that these 200 innings can be replaced with quality starts. When we come back, Gino Abros will join the show. The former Rossview Hawk and current sophomore at Austin P started in 48 of 53 games played a season ago, played some time in the Cal Ripken Baseball League over the summer. We'll dive into that when we come back. You're listening to the Back Govs Baseball Show. Backups Baseball Show. My host for today, my guest, I guess I should say, Gino Avros, former baseball player at Rossview, current third baseman, shortstop, basically anywhere you want to play him for Austin Pete, a sophomore for the Governors, put up a 262 average last year, 398 OBP, led the team in walks with 35. Gino, before we get into your baseball career, anyone who follows you on Twitter, is well-versed in the fact that you are the biggest advocate I've ever seen for The Bachelor. Every week, I've seen rankings, I've seen analysis. I've never seen someone more invested in this, in this series as you. So please, give us some context as to how you feel about Pilot Pete this season and, and what your thoughts are on The Bachelor. 
Uh, yeah, so The Bachelor this year, my thoughts on Pilot Pete, I am not a huge fan of. I feel like he doesn't know what he's doing. I feel like he's too immature for the show. And some of the, some of the decisions he's made, I'm not a huge fan of. A lot of the guys on the team were actually big Bachelor fans, and we kind of get together and watch every Monday. And sometimes we have two episodes during the week. We watch them both times. But, yeah, I give up my rankings to the people, just kind of share my take on it, what I feel. And a lot of people like it, so I usually get good feedback about it. Some people argue me, but it's Twitter. You have your opinions. I like to get my, my rankings on the girls, on Peter, anything really goes on the show. So, and I don't do spoilers. I do not like spoilers Don't at do all. spoilers on no, The Bachelor. Absolutely not. I, like to, I don't like to know what's going to happen. So, so, If you were to list someone on the team to replace Pilot Pete, because obviously you don't like him, yeah. who, who would it be? Oh, to replace Pilot Pete? I'm gonna go with Luke Brown, actually. Luke Brown. That's a that's that's a. I think some people agree with me on that. Luke Brown. He's very mature, and he. I feel like he would know what he's doing. He'd he'd be. I think he'd be a good fit. Just put it like that. Yes. ABC, are you listening? Luke Brown, APSU baseball next season of The Bachelor. Let's get started here. <laughs> Gino, you played some football in your high school days with Rossview. You played quarterback for the Hawks. Uh, was baseball always the primary intention athletically, or were you ever considering continuing on with a football career? No, yeah, baseball is always my uh, primary sport. Football is kind of something I just picked up on, I believe, fourth grade, third grade, somewhere in there, only because all my friends were playing it. And I was playing basketball at the time, and then I was like, hey, I'm going to switch it up. So I went to football, played it since, and like I said, baseball is something I always wanted to do, even after high school, here now. But I never saw anything after high school with football. I was kind of just enjoying the ride, playing with the guys that I always got to see in high school, and made the most of it. So. Do you think that playing quarterback for Rossview taught you anything different out of other players that you've played with in baseball? What, what do you think being behind the center, you know, under center yeah. for Rossview taught you in a baseball sense? Well, in football, you have to be really, as a quarterback, you, you got to be short memory. You have to have a short memory. Okay. Whether you make a bad play, throw an interception, fumble the ball, whatever it is. So we take it to baseball, you know, say you make a bad error or you don't do well in a bat, you got to just forget about it and move on. And this baseball game is a baseball opportunity, so when you take the opportunities, you got to make the most of them. So, I mean, with football, it's also there's a lot going on, heads on the swivel, so you got to slow the game down also. And there's just a lot, a lot of concepts you can put together, but those are the two I really kind of play with, football mm -hmm. and baseball. Well, it seemed like baseball worked out quite well for you, winning the state championship with Rossview back in 2018. Can you describe what that TSSAA championship was like for you and how you think your winning experience benefits this team? Absolutely. So at the beginning of that season, we actually started out 1-3 and three in the district. We split with Henry County, and we went 0-2 against Northwest. So that was a pretty big setback for us, especially with the guys that we had. We did a pretty good senior class. but And we also played Brentwood, who we played in the championship. We lost to them. I want to say like 11 to 3 or something like that. So we kind of had a chip on our shoulder coming to that game. And then going to the state tournament, we had a pretty good run in general. Uh, run Ron Siegel, playing Collierville twice and beating them. And then going to play Brentwood, the championship. It was just a team. We had a, we had a lot of leaders, uh, a lot of tough guys. And that game was, we pretty much just dominated the whole game. You know, Gage Bradley was our pitcher. He was shoving pretty well, pitching. And our offense was connecting really well. And all the pieces were kind of being put together. Especially along with that, our field uh, got taken out by the tornado mm, that we wow. had a few years ago. Really? So, yeah, we we can have our field for about a fourth of the year. So we're actually practicing here at Austin P. Yeah. We played a few games here. Like I said, there was a lot to add up to that, but that championship game, winning it, was pretty special. And then taking it to here, it was like a high-intense game, a lot of fans. And so when you get to that level, you can kind of go out here and kind of feel that exact same uh, energy and vibe. 
and just going out here, staying calm, composed, and you know, playing with some poise. I think I said the word. I don't know. So, <laughs> but yeah, just having that energy and that atmosphere really helped me play here today. So practicing on the field for a quarter of that season for Rossville at Austin P. Mm -hmm. Raymond Seahold Field. Do you think that helped in the transition coming here athletically? You know. To yeah. So I, I personally, me, I'm a homebody. You know, I like to be close to my family because I live. They live 25 minutes from the campus so I always go by and see them every once in a while just like I said I'm a homebody but yeah I, I kind of grew with Austin P. I came to a lot of games growing up um, I really got involved I know a lot of people here got really involved with the school and it's just something like I I never would really mind playing for here so I mean I it was a big reason why did, I came here. Did you receive any other offers? Uh, um, I had a school? few coaches talk to me but nothing really came through so I mean and coach Jansen blessed me with an opportunity to walk on this team so, I mean, I appreciate that a lot, and it all worked out really well. So, I'm glad I made the decision to come here. So, reflect on last year for me, Gino. Yeah. You started in 48 games, played in 53 as a, as a walk-on, you said. Yeah, yeah. What do you think you learned most from your first collegiate season? Uh, what I learned was I can't play with fear. Um, when I play with fear, truthfully, I don't belong at this uh, level. I mean, Coach Jansen, we always talk about it. It's just something that it's a barrier that I've got to get across. When I play with fear, I'm not to my best ability. And when I play fearless, I look like I belong out there, look at not just another guy, truthfully. But something last year, I had to slow the game down. You know, I started out okay batting, and I just, Coach Jansen, they always sat down, they worked with me, and they just told me just to relax, stay composed just throw the game down your head and that was something I did and I kind of picked up with the hitting along the way and fielding truthfully was fine for the most part I just we had had my moments every once in a while but I mean I just learned from it it just takes a while and it just kind of moved on from it but staying composed was one of the biggest things I had to do I just not let the moment get too big for me so how did you gain that composure throughout the season do you think that was something that you started with small at the beginning of the season and gained throughout the year did it fluctuate what it was think? it was very um it started out very low, very soft, because like I said, I didn't do really well, and I was kind of just struggling with the bat, and I couldn't find any confidence until eventually one game I got a hit, and the next game I got two hits, and it just kept adding on, adding on, until I realized that confidence is what I needed in order to be successful at this level. And it's something I just stick with in the kind of the back of my shoulder, really, just to remember that if I go out there and play hard, play with confidence, then whatever happens, happens, and hopefully it's the best. So I, I think you're right. You speak volumes with the composure growing last year. Hitting a home run, you know, your first home run of the season, mm -hmm. last game of the year, yeah. albeit a loss, mm -hmm. still growing in those big games and things like that, fighting through adversity. Absolutely. Let's talk about your versatility as a player. Okay. You played third, second, and shortstop at Rossview. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple of positions there. Played some third and second in Gaithersburg this summer. We'll get to that in a minute. Coach Jansen had this to say about you going into the season. I see him as a tough ball player who's versatile. He'll start out at third, could very easily slide behind the plate, and could even move over to shortstop if need be. What do you make of that quote? I feel really well respected, truthfully. Uh, Coach Jansen had a talk with me during the fall and asked, hey, uh, can you catch? And the last time I ever caught, honestly, was in eighth grade. So wow. with that, it was a big jump. It was a very difficult barrier to get over. Uh, so they put me in bullpens to catch some of the guys. They actually got me a glove to help me out because I didn't have any gear or anything like that. They, I was catching for a while, still am now, just to kind of get my feet wet and get used to it. So I really appreciate all that and being uh, so patient with me. So yeah, he also moved me around shortstop. They play me at second base for once in a while. It's just, I'm just looking for a value to have for the team. So if I need to play third base, I play third base. If someone gets hurt, I'll go to shortstop. I'll move around the infield, whatever. If I have to play outfield, I'll play outfield. Just like I said, as long as I'm finding a way into the lineup and bringing a value to the team, it's really what I'm looking for. So 
So that, that's interesting how you might be behind the plate this year considering, like you said, back in eighth grade was the last time that you remember catching. Yeah. There are a couple of JUCO transfer catchers this year. Can you describe in depth that conversation with Coach Jansen in the fall outside of that aspect of, hey, I need you to play behind the plate. Was there any more to that conversation? He just told me pretty much he thinks, like, truthfully, I'm one of the more tougher guys out there mentally. And just if a moment gets big, he know he thinks I can handle it. So with that, him having that belief, you know, he feels like I can get the job done. Just keep the ball in front of me, help the pitcher out. And he wasn't really looking for anybody with a strong arm back there, truthfully. He just wanted me to catch the ball and keep it in front of me. So just as long as I can do that, he said, I'd be okay. So Four or five years ago is a while looking back on eighth yeah. grade. But, I mean, you've yeah. learned some stuff from then to now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I learned that it's not easy to catch an 88 mile an hour fastball that moves or runs, so yeah, right. that's, it's very tough, yes. But Alex Hay, Juco transfer, freshman Cotto and Curtis, they've been helping me along the way, and they've been helping me out with certain moves and tactics, whatever, it's just, they've been helping me out a lot, and I appreciate that, just, because they know I've struggled back there sometimes, and they'll tell me, hey, next time do this, or do this, and I'm like, okay, and I learned from it, so that's pretty much what I've been doing this entire time, is learning from my mistakes, and getting better. So let's move on to this past summer. Cal Ripken Baseball League, Gaithersburg Giants. Am I saying that right? Is yeah, you're Gaithersburg? good. Gaithersburg Giants. Interesting name. I've never heard Gaithersburg before, yeah. but that's based in Maryland. What was that experience like over this summer, and how does collegiate baseball travel travel ball, how does that differ from the high school level? For starters, we'll go back. I didn't really know where I was going to play summer ball until two weeks before I left. Season ended, uh, we had our exit meetings with Coach, and he said, hey, a team from Maryland wants to pick you up and play over the summer. And we did some research on the team, uh, got in contact with the coach over there, and, and we made something happen. So I left to go there around, I want to say, May 31st, somewhere in late May, and I got back early August. So that was a pretty quick, quick jump in my life because one moment I was going to stay and work over the summer or whatever, but the next thing, now I'm traveling 13 hours to drive over to Maryland wow. and go play. Yeah, but yeah, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. The guys there were cool. Coaches were awesome. I made some good memories and uh, made even better connections with the teammates. When you're going there, you're playing in a league, which can sit, it can be within like five teams or 10 teams, depends on whatever league you play in. And you're playing for a championship, truthfully. When you go into high school, you're kind of just playing weekend tournaments every once in a while, and you're just playing round robin tournaments, like three or four games. When you get to college, it's you're playing just about every other day, every day, truthfully, sometimes. And you're just getting your reps in and getting better, trying to win a championship for the league. So it's a lot more baseball, I'll tell you that. And truthfully, you get pretty tired pretty quick. But I mean, you just got to learn from it and stay healthy and just get your reps in and make most of it. So so when you say high school travel ball is more about an individual effort and then the collegiate game is more about a team? I would say so, yes. Uh, when you're in high school, it's a lot. Now, I'm not saying it's all about you personally, but right. like, in high school, you really look to be recruited by certain colleges and all that. But when you get to the college, it's all about like playing as a team and you're trying to win, go out and win for a championship. Because it's, it's a lot bigger deal than people think. I didn't realize how much of a deal it was until I got there. And they were talking about winning championships and the history of the team. And it, it really, like, I was shocked kind of. Because, I, like I said, I never heard about this Gatesburg Giants team. They take this thing so serious. But, I mean, they welcomed me and they treated me really well. And it was fantastic. So I loved it. Honestly, this was almost as if an exchange student situation where you would live in someone else's home over the summer. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. The the Cooperstein family. Yeah. Cooperstein family. Cooperstein. Cooperstein. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 
So tell, tell me about the Cooperstein family. Yeah, uh, so they texted me, I want to say, two days before I left, and it was the, the mother, uh, Miss Lisa. She said, hey, I'm going to be your host, Mom. Uh, really look forward to having you. And I never had a host family in my life, so I, I was kind of nervous. I was like, I don't know how to respond. I don't know what to say. So drove 13 hours up there, and I got there. She wasn't even home, actually. It was the daughter, Remy. She was there. So like, I just like met like a nine-year-old girl, and I was like, uh, hello. Um, I'm going to be living with you for like three months. So she showed, me yeah. to her, she showed me to her room, or not her room, excuse me, my room. She showed me to my, my room, and uh, so the mom came home, and then, like like I said, I'd never been in that situation before, so I was nervous for about three days because I didn't really know who these people were yeah. and all they were doing. They were pretty much taking care of me for the most part, you know, feeding me, buying me groceries, helping me out, whatever I needed with. So, I mean, yeah, like, it was just something I'd never been a part of, and then I met the, the father traveled a lot, so I got to see him every once in a while, but I met him. They were super awesome, though. I mean, good people. The daughter and the son, Shane, they were fantastic. So it was probably one of the best host families I could have had, and I really enjoyed just being with them for about three months, two months. How long do you think it took for you to get accustomed to this family? Obviously, I mean, for no, 18, yeah. 19 years of your life, you've been accustomed to your family. Exactly. And now you've got to learn how these guys do. Mm -hmm. so, so let me think, because I was nervous for a while, because I didn't know, like, how they were and like what they're what the routine was so it, I would say about a week about a week maybe two just as like just to get to know them and just to see what they did and how they were because my host mom was actually a big bachelor fan oh yeah so we watched that every Monday together it was bachelorette technically exactly that? oh it's fantastic <laughs> yeah so we'd watch that together we'd connect with that really well and the son loved baseball the daughter loved softball and the father we had a lot in common so we were always talking and it just all eventually like clicked together and I was like instantly part of the family and they made me welcomed and loved so i appreciate it it was awesome do you still stay in contact with them i do actually yes yeah. so the the host mom miss lisa she always tweets at my bachelor tweets oh, yeah? so yeah she always has something to say and she'll text me about it and we usually have a good conversation for about five or ten minutes about what the episode was and all so we keep in contact pretty well they tell me i have a birthday and it's just yeah, I keep up with them pretty often. You think so. they're going to come down 13 hours to watch you play this they, year? They are going to come to the Belmont series that's over in Nashville this really? year. Yes. Yeah, so Yeah, so it was awesome whenever they told me that. So I'll get to see them for about two days or so and just to spend time with them and see them again. So I'm excited. To follow up on that, in this league, east to west coast, there's tons of players in the Cal Ripken League. Even in Gaithersburg, I mean, tons of different schools. Belmont in that one player from Belmont in that league, two, two players yeah, from yes. Belmont in that league. Pardon me, mm -hmm, Kentucky um, mm -hmm. and obviously Austin P. Just yeah. a list of few. Who was your favorite player to play alongside with this summer, and why? Wow, that's a good question. Favorite player to play with? Um, I made so many good connections. I gotta think. There was a lot of guys. So University of San Francisco. I had Brandon Grime and Harris Williams. They were two good friends of mine from like two. Two, three kids from Coastal Carolina that I met, Jared, Higgy, Nick, and then there's Kentucky guys, Ben and Brendan. Ah, oh, man, let me think. The best guy to play with. The best guy I played with was Kate Dowdy, LSU kid. He was pretty nasty. He was really good. I'll say Brandon Grime because me and him grew a really good connection. We, re we related a lot to each other, and we were always spending time with each other, having a good time. So and he was one of my best buds over the summer. So. I really, I really appreciate having him along my side. He was a cool guy, open, laid back. He was teaching me about the game, and I, we just talked about life in general. And he, like I said, he was an awesome guy to be with. So he was probably one of my favorite guys to play with over the summer. Great kid. Answer me this. 
with the short season over the summer yeah. and Gaithersburg probably having a they have a long history as a franchise are there rivalry games in the Cal Ripken Summer yes, League? Yes there is apparently like I said I didn't know this until I got there like so we played a few games and then we were going to play this team Bethesda which Sebastian Martinez played for who's a okay yeah, yeah, yeah down here so and my coach we actually we had to we played a game we won and the coach started talking to us after the game about this Bethesda team and I was like it's just a summer league. Like, aren't we just going to go play and just yeah, leave, right. whatever? And he, like, gives this whole, like, history spill about how many times we beat them, how many times they beat us, and what it means to the coaches. He started spitting and, out facts. Yeah, I know, exactly. I was confused. I was like, wait, what? Hold on. <laughs> it was. I was just so shocked. And then he was, like, going around how big it is to the city when we play and they and their city. So it was, like, it was different. It really confused me, honestly. And I was like, oh, wow. Then we got there, and it was like, yeah, it made sense because a lot of fans, and it was a pretty good atmosphere, truthfully. It was fun. So did the players play like it was a rivalry game? I mean, obviously they weren't acquainted enough to no. know, yeah. you know what to do. I would but. say so, yeah, because, like, when we play a summer game, there was, like, you'd play a summer game. Then we played Bethesda, it was, like, an instant notch was kind of, like, just turned up a little bit, and you'd hmm. play. It was interesting because – it wouldn't, like, kids were, like, going hard. They were playing hard, aggressive, and you could tell that like, there was a different vibe to the game. And honestly, I loved it a lot. I loved uh, the, in- the intensity, the atmosphere that it brought. So Was that your favorite game this season? Playing against Bethesda, yes, it was. Yeah. I like, because, like I said, it was always a good crowd. People were always on their, on their feet, and it was really intense, like I said. So I enjoyed it. So let's, let's move on to your patience at the plate in yep. both of these leagues, both Cal Ripken and with Austin P, yeah. you led both of these teams, both the Giants and the Govs, with walks last season. And I'm sure you racked up tons and tons of walks at Rossview. Yeah. Talk about your patience at the plate and what goes into this process of earning over 60 walks in both of these leagues. Yeah, so pretty much my approach to the plate as a, as a leadoff or a two-hole or a nine-hole, wherever coaches put me, I'm just pretty much finding a way to get on base. So if it's, well, if it's really getting a hit, bunting, Walks, you know, that's just my job. That's what I want to do. I'm a table setter. I'll set up for guys to hit me in, whatever. But I think it's more about me just being a tough out, you know. So if I ever get two strikes, typically I choke up on the plate, spread my base a little bit, and just kind of play pepper with the ball just so I'm not striking out, putting the ball in play. But also with a lot of plate discipline, making sure I'm not swinging at balls or anything out of zone, really. And I like to typically have, like, one pitch I like to go to if I really want to swing at it. So, like I said, just be all about being picky, kind of, and just – being, being better than the pitcher that's against me, so it's a lot of that. Was that something that came naturally to you, or how do you think you acquired that ability? Yeah, but I think play discipline is something I was I was always pretty good at, and then along with that, having two strikes, just having the mentality of not striking out and just fouling balls off, and then eventually the pitcher's going to overthrow one, and that's be ball four, and I'll just take a walk. So it's just it's a whole bunch of things, but I feel like the play discipline really just helped me out just having that. The Govs are projected to finish third in the OVC this season per yeah. D1Baseball.com and officially via the Ohio Valley Conference website. What are your thoughts on that projection for this year? Truthfully, I don't really pay attention to projections. I mean, it's just someone using behind a screen just kind of going through, saying, hey, they're going to do this, they're going to do this, whatever. But we use it as motivation. They have us pick third, right? Yeah. Third, yeah, third behind Jacksonville and EKU. So we're going to use motivation. We're going to go out there, play hard, prove them wrong and win a ring. So that's pretty much the plan this year, and we'll go from there. Last question I got for you. What's going on? If there's something that people don't know about Gino Abros, about Austin P. Baseball, whether it be analysts, fans, really anyone, what is that, and what do they need to know? What they're getting themselves into. If it's an opponent, 
understand that you got nine guys at the Harris who are going to be tough, who are going to be hard to get out, and who are going to play all nine innings. We're not going to have many home run hitters like we did with Parker or Aaron Campbell or whoever, David Martinez, all those guys, but we're going to be guys out there who are getting walked or making diving plays or, like I said, just being the greediest and toughest team out there, and people need to be well aware of that before they play us. Bachelor aficionado Gino Avros on the show today. Gino, thank you for your time. Great when time. we come back, preview for the next couple weeks of Back Ups Baseball. Don't miss it on the Back Ups Baseball Show. for joining the show today. Some great laughs and some great answers. He's looking forward to this season, as am I. Looking beyond the opening series against Eastern Michigan, your next chance to see the Governors in action will be February 20th through the 23rd at home in the Southern Athletic Fields Dirt Classic. A bit of a mouthful, I know. Let's just go ahead and call it the SAF Dirt Classic, as it's listed according to sports information. From Thursday to Sunday, Austin Peay will host Missouri State, Samford, Bradley, and Evansville University. The Dirt Classic held at Raymond Seahold Field in 2019 saw Austin Peay take two of the three games, defeating Northern Illinois twice on a Sunday doubleheader, but dropping the opener to the Braves of Bradley, that final score being 3-5. The toughest opponent from this slate, in case you're looking for a marquee matchup in this tournament, will more than likely be the Bulldogs of Sanford, so go ahead and mark that in your calendar now. That's the Friday matchup. It'll be February 21st at 3 p.m. Samford impressed last season, boasting a 41-19 record, going 19-5 in the Southern Conference. While the Bulldogs missed the NCAA tournament last year, their record included impressive wins over Jacksonville State, Xavier, and South Florida. After that weekend tournament, the Batgovs will host Western Kentucky on February 25th. That's a Tuesday game before traveling to Jacksonville that following weekend. The Dolphins, and dare I say a great mascot name, besides the Governors being the best mascot in Division I, props to Jacksonville. I believe they are the only Division I school with a Dolphin as a mascot. They'll travel to Jacksonville, who held an impressive 19-8 home record in 2019 and took two of three from the Governors a season ago in Clarksville. Well, that about wraps up this inaugural edition of the Backgovs Baseball Show. For Austin P. Baseball, this has been Blaine Keller. Remember, let's go P and let's go Bad Govs.
一。